I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Grand Danny, this is Nick Dowd here with the Caps. I wanted to say congrats on 10 years, fellas. That's amazing. Um, Hard to do anything for 10 years that consistently, and you guys kill it. Uh, Miss doing the show with you guys. All right, boys, congrats. See ya. Grand Danny, I can't believe it's been 10 years. Wow, that goes by in a blink. This is Joe Beninati congratulating you, too, on on what you've created. A really smart, very funny program. I enjoy it as often as I can. Here's to many more years together and great shows. Doubter. Doubter and Joe B. Good to hear from you, pal. And Joe B, one of the greats in the history of this market calling games. Awesome to have him as uh, one of the guys regularly joining us here on this program. He's been great to us since day one, mm-hmm. mentor of mine for many, many, many years. A wordsmith and a mensch. A sartorial sultan. The best dressed man I know. Yeah, one of the best in the biz. Uh, very, very cool. All right, we told you we were giving away Wizards tickets to start this Beltway Blitz. So we'll do that here in one moment. We do have one more pair we're giving away today, right at 5 o'clock when we scout the Dallas Cowboys. So make sure you tune in at 5 if you don't win the tickets right now. Caller number 10 at 800-636-1067. Congrats. You're winning a pair. You're going to see the Wiz and the Pistons. Everyone in hoops is going to be talking about this game. It's on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Wizards are going to have a bunch of different activations to celebrate the legacy of Dr. King, recognizing his life for tickets and the complete Wizard schedule. Go to thefandc.com slash contest. It is time. To kick off the Blitz. And who better to start with than a guy who we just heard from on this program not long ago. Was kind enough to give us some nice words today. John Walton, the voice of the Washington Capitals here on The Fan. John, I'm looking forward to getting over to the arena tonight for some hockey. How are you, buddy? I am doing well, guys. And again, congratulations to do something like you guys have done for 10 years. In a market of this size, that's not easy. And for you guys to be able to pull that off, that's a wonderful tribute to the work that you guys put in every day, and you guys should be awfully damn proud of that. It's super kind, John. Again, we really, really appreciate the kind words. Uh, you didn't have to do that, and it means a lot. Speaking of meaning a lot, this, this next little stretch here for the Capitals, I feel like is bigger than maybe people are talking about. Carolina uh, here this evening, but obviously a couple of West Coast opponents here on this homestand, but then the Rangers a couple times uh, over the next week or so as we get right to the midway point. I feel like this is a big stretch for the Capitals. I think it is a very critical stretch for the Capitals, and I think the reason, the biggest reason, I think, you've got all these home games, and that's nice. The games are finally kind of spread out where you've had all these three and fours, five straight weeks coming back from California 
this team is playing three games in four nights, mm-hmm. it lets up a little bit in terms of frequency. But it does not let up in what you are facing with a team like Carolina tonight that just killed the Rangers three nights ago, 6-1. to one. They're playing terrific hockey. Los Angeles is going to be here Sunday. One of the best teams I have seen in person this year. The Capitals beat them in L.A., but they needed Charlie Lindgren to stand on his head and then some. The Kings were the better team for most of 60 minutes, and were it not for Charlie, that goes a different way. Seattle's coming in, a home-and-home with the Rangers next weekend, and all the while, you're going to get into the second half of the season. There's a lot of tough travel coming up, and if you still want to be a part of this uh, stretch of teams between, say, second and seventh that are all bunched together in single digits, and you want to maintain that, You've got to win some of these games, and it's going to be difficult uh, with a couple of roster deletions. No Charlie Lindgren, Rasmus Sandin's not going to play tonight, and you're playing some really good hockey teams. So uh, if you want to be in it at the All-Star break and getting into what we call the stretch run around here, got to get some W's, and you're going to need them here, really, if not tonight, certainly uh, sometime in the next three, four, five games. You know, you got to roll up two, three, four wins here. John, getting deeper into tonight, and there was a time when I was looking at the standings and the Hurricanes had been a disappointment that time That's is, over now. is no longer. I mean, they are rolling, scoring, it seems like, five every time I turned around. Yeah, and Andrei Svechnikov, who we did not see back on December 17th when we were in Raleigh, he came back right after the Capitals were there. That was fortunate uh, because all he's done is uh, light it up. And then some Sebastian Ajo uh, was the NHL number one star of the week, right uh, going into the new year here, 11 points in three games. They're humming, and the one thing the Capitals cannot do tonight is take penalties. If they do, they're going to get their lunch money taken because right now Carolina up over 50% on the power play in their last eight games. Mm. It's really something. So uh, you've got to be disciplined. You've got to be good in your own end, and you've got to be opportunistic when those offensive chances happen. Carolina's going to get some goals. You've got to make sure you can counter that tonight. John, give me a kind of an overview uh, as you're starting to fit in some of these guys. And I'm thinking like Ethan Bear and, and, and some of the folks that are kind of new to the system. How tough is it to get those guys acclimated while still trying to compete here? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Mike Vogel and I talked about that very thing for the video board here tonight. And, you know, it's catching a moving train. And I think Ethan Bear has mm. done a really nice job of that. And Vogel's made a good point that, you know, a guy like Ethan Bear has been able to skate a lot more because the injury he was coming back from shoulder injury, Max Pacioretty, you're coming back from not one but two Achilles issues. And that's a little bit different in terms of ramping up. So I know that Max was a little grumbly after the game uh, here a couple nights ago about his performance. I think he needs to give himself a little bit of grace on that because it is a very difficult thing to try and do uh, after so much time off, almost a year between games, and trying to get back at it. Didn't have a shot on goal, skated about 11 minutes, but – it's going to be there. I think he just needs to get ramped up, and it's a difficult thing. I think we've seen Ethan Bear do it pretty well. He's skated more than 20 minutes in his first game, but it's harder for, for Max, I think. Not to mention there's a 10-year age difference, 35 and 25. So uh, let's uh, see what happens here in the next few games. But uh, hopefully Max can start to ramp up here and we start to see uh, some goals going in for him. John, call some goals and call a win tonight. We appreciate you. You bet, fellas, and congrats again. Thank you, buddy. Well, thank you. That is our buddy, John Walton. Let's talk some hoops. Another of the many voices that you've heard from today, being very kind to your pals, our guy Dave Johnson. He is the man who runs the radio party. Uh, You you made us laugh. 
You had a, you had a good, uh, we enjoyed that, a good line. I think you said we changed your life. I'm quite yeah, sure. I don't think so. I don't know if that's how it worked out. But we appreciate everything you've done over the years to uh, help us get closer to the Wizards. Well, thank you for that. And remember, uh, 10 years is 30 years in radio years. You ain't it's kind of like dog years. You have yeah. to multiply. So, again, uh, my heartfelt congratulations. You guys are, are just amazing. And it's going to be 30 years and more, and I, I can't wait to be a part of that anniversary. We appreciate yeah, you. Let's you hope that uh, for your sake, more than ours, and for our sake, we get to talk a lot more about the Wizards winning basketball games in the next 10. Uh, State of the Union here for us, Dave. I mean, how do you feel about the fellas – as we take inventory here, start of the new year. Well, listen, we will hear more wins, and there's going to be more wins. It's not going to be a winning team, but it's as we're doing on our radio party and on our pregame, this is about pulling out, uh, you know, Corey Kispert's had six straight double-figure games. That's got to continue. Uh, the consistency, it's, it's about the developing storylines of developing players. Uh, Daniel Gafford is, is, is so much better. It, it, on both ends of the floor, he's he's a 180 from uh, when we first got him when it uh, was acquired way back when, and there was there was moments uh, that he looked like then he could take over the world, and moments he looked lost. But now he doesn't look lost. He's more consistent. He looks more like as I remember Christoph Porzingis telling me that you know he doesn't even realize how good he can be. So this this is the exciting part about this season. The not so exciting part about this season is you have games like Wednesday when, wait a minute, the Cavaliers, they're not that great a three-point shooting team and they shoot 48%, make 20%. They kill us on the boards and it's, it's good night. See you later. And we're doing trivia questions and telling stories about Lego blocks in the fourth quarter. That's got to change. And that can, and what's exciting about playing Cleveland again, other than the fact they've already figured out the shower fixtures in my hotel after three days, is the fact, like early in December, the second time against the second team, you want to see improvement and maybe a win. Dave, they're number one in the league in pace. And I'm not complaining. I'm asking. Why do you think that's the philosophy this year? I, I know they're not a huge team, and maybe that's kind of working their advantage there, but is there some sort of developmental design that says we want to go fast? We think maybe that's maximizing fill-in-the-blank. Why are they the fastest team in the league? Well, because uh, that is the way that they can be most effective scoring. Again, scoring is, is not uh, the Wizards' problem, although uh, it was on Wednesday as well. So <laughs> you had problems at both ends of the floor. But uh, I, I, scoring has not been the problem. And that's, as Kyle Kuzma said, if you remember in, in preseason, he talked about that he believed last year the Wizards were a boring team uh, to watch. And so he likes to play this way. He is successful this way. Uh, the Wizards can be even better when when part of what ignites their pace is is on the defensive uh, of end, and they do force turnovers. They they still don't need to be better defensively, but that is how they are going to be most effective uh, scoring, and that's been that's been proven out. So it is by design. It's not by accident that they're they're trying to push the pace and get those scores. And and by the way, uh, if you can make the other team. Uh, have to defend you in that situation, you wear them down and make it harder for them on our offense. So it, it kind of works both ways. You have to remember that if you're doing that well on pace, that means the other team has to defend that pace, and that's exhausting. Tonight, 7.30 tip in Cleveland against the Cavs. What have you made? You've been covering this league a long time. You've seen kind of the new wrinkle here over the last couple seasons. 
where the studies show, you know, keep teams in the same city, a little extra rest, a little extra sleep. So we're seeing instead of the home and home, basically two games in a row, almost like a series over a few days, like we're having here. Uh, what have you thought about that and how's it working? Yeah, I enjoy it. I, I, I don't think you want to do it all season long just because of the nature of our game and our, our schedule because you, if you're, you're going to be playing forever. You do need to have back-to-backs, and we do have – well, speaking of which, we're going to be home tomorrow to take on the Knicks. But in terms of uh, – in the season, as I said, uh, you know, the Wizards against Orlando, uh, when they did this in early December on the road against the Magic – it was a much better performance. Could have been a win, in fact, the, the second game uh, against the Magic. So, uh, you know, that's that's intriguing uh, to see. And I think the fans I- enjoy it as well. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Cleveland fans are thinking, all right, we had a party Wednesday night. It's going to be another party tonight. You know, it's it's a Wizards' responsibility uh, to, to spoil that party. So I think there's been a lot of innovative things uh, done by Adam Silver, the commissioner, including, listen, I'm, I'm a big fan of the in-season tournament. And I think it is, it showed this year, there was actually more interest in it than I thought was going to be out of the gate. Uh, and, and I think it's going to grow because at the end of the day, it, you know, not, there's so many teams that have never won a, a title and it's never going to replace winning a title, but we love to celebrate. We love to have trophies. And suddenly when your team is playing for something in December, even if it's not the NBA title, that's still a lot of fun. Dave, thank you as always, buddy. Thanks Sam, for the kind words and uh, have a great weekend. Okay. You guys, keep nailing it. Thanks so much. Always appreciate it, my friend. Hit that commander sounder, Darius. That's our pal Michael Phillips' music, 910 The Fan in Richmond, weekdays from 10 to noon. You know him, you love him. Miguel, this weekend, it sounds like a lot of guys are not playing. Yeah, and, and uh, deservedly so, of course. It's the end of the season. There's nothing on the line. Uh, the veterans uh, headed towards free agency or headed towards the offseason. Uh, our guys were just nicked up, right, John Allen? It's been a long season. He won't play Kendall Fuller. Uh, you'll get a chance to see see some of the young guys, right? That's always the buzzword this time of year. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll see what they got. Yeah, we will. And my guess is we got a pretty good indication of what this team has left, right? I mean, they're looking to avoid what would be an eight-game losing streak this weekend. What's at stake here? Just how big of a deal do you think it is for them to pick second as opposed to third or fourth? Well, every every bit you get closer to the front, statistically speaking, is a slightly better chance of hitting on your pick. Now, that's not a guarantee. Don't hear me saying if they pick two, they get a franchise quarterback. And if they pick three, they don't. It's all on the line. You know, it, but it gives you a slightly better chance, right? You'd rather have 10 lottery tickets than eight. Um, and that's what this is. You move slightly closer to the front. Uh, it would be fun to beat the Cowboys. It's always fun to beat the Cowboys. I, I think it's better, though, to be good as a football team long-term. I, I think that's the better business decision here. Uh, I think the guys on the field will be playing to win, but uh, I think if you're a Commanders fan, I think losing is absolutely the correct outcome here. Michael, hear me out on, on this question. Let's say, hypothetically, Ron Rivera, now suddenly aware that he could be under 500 or, or whatever, right, decides, you know what, I'm going to do what Bill Belichick's probably going to do this weekend. I'm going to show one particular finger towards this front office ownership group, and we're going to win this game, Right. And he says, you know, I'm going to play Jacoby Brissett at this point. Should we want ownership to be involved and say, no, you're not? Should we want them to do what the Eagles did a couple years ago to Doug Peterson and company that got us the second half of Nate Sudfeld in the meaningless game? Should we want them involved or not? The the nice thing here is because the Cowboys have something on the line, and it, it is actually pretty important to them. That's a team that's been very different 
at home and on the road, and you're potentially looking at two home playoff games if they win. I think a lot of this take care of it, takes care of itself. That's a dangerous line of thought, obviously. You could end up regretting that about the third quarter. But I, I do think the, the stakes here for Dallas make a lot of this a moot discussion because they're a better football team top to bottom. It's not particularly close. We saw that on Thanksgiving when both teams were playing to win and you saw who won and by how many. Um, I do think it's appropriate uh, for, for ownership to you know put players in or out. Um, I don't know that it's appropriate for ownership to make any kind of in-game statements, um, and I don't think they will here. I think the Harris group has gone really out of their way to show we're not Dan Snyder, we're not meddlers, perhaps even above and beyond what they needed to, and I, I think that will continue through this weekend. Miguel, you want to take a stab at who they hire as GM and head coach? Not even a little bit. It's such a wide-open field. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll punt the question because, I mean, there, there's just so much activity out there, so many names, so many ways you could go. I'm sure you guys have discussed on your show, as I've discussed on my show, you, you can hire a VP, you can hire a general manager, you can hire any number of executives who work with each other, right? The, the 49ers model there where John Lynch, you know, is a vice president above a general manager that they're going to name. Uh, and then you bring in the coach behind that. Offensive, defensive, I, I think they're absolutely both still in play. It sounds like Harbaugh's cooking towards the NFL. If I were to give you a prediction, it'd be that he won't end up here. Have you been approached for the job? I, I, I can neither confirm nor deny preliminary discussions that's not a no. with my agent. I've been told that's the best way to raise the price. Not a no. That is not a no. That's my takeaway. Phillips, thank you, buddy. We appreciate you. Have a great weekend, guys. See you, buddy. He could have answered the question. He chose not to. He chose not to. I mean, listen, Marty Herney went from the Essex home studio to running this whole thing, more or less. What's crazier? I'm not saying. I'm mm-hmm. just saying. There you go. Uh, next on G&D, this looks like it's going to be the end of the road this weekend. We know that Rivera and company are going to be out. Where does this era rank among some of the previous regimes under Dan Snyder? Well, let's take a look at that next on The Fan. Hey, Grant and Danny, Bob Carpenter here. You guys are awesome, man. Ten years. Keep up the good work. Way to go. See you later. Hey, Grant and Danny. Mike Rizzo here with the Nationals. Congratulations on ten years in the D.C. area of excellence. And uh, uh, we've been together a long time through a lot of ups and downs. You've always been professional uh, and accommodating, and uh, we really appreciate it. The D.C. area is better at having you guys around. So, Continuing uh, your great success and another 10 years, and I will talk to you soon. Very, very nice of Mike Whoa. Rizzo, the architect of the only World Series championship team. Thank you. In the history of Nationals baseball. And our guy, Bob Carpenter, who made the announcement today, by the way. So congrats to him. Yes. He will be back for the next two years calling Nationals baseball Take games. a little Nationals influence on that, uh, whatever, what are we calling that, intro? I can us? tell. Yeah. He's got whatever I got, though. His uh, see you later, yeah. that was not Bob Carpenter in May after a three-run bomb by Manette. It's preseason for everybody. He yeah. has a little, Darius, was a little cold work in there? Yeah, yeah, a little little situation there with the, with the throat. It's like, kind of like you said, same as you. I mm-hmm. think he yeah. probably We're all fighting his it, man. way yeah. through it. I get it. I've been, I'm right there with you, Bob. That was nice of him very under cool. the weather to jump on and do that. It, it, it all, it's all very nice. It really is. It's um, 
It's one of those things where you're sort of like, I don't, I don't know exactly what to do. You know what I mean? I'm, very, I'm grateful and humble, and it's, it's really, really neat. And it's like, no, they're still talking about me. I'm just sort of standing here, like smiling like an idiot. Don't act like you don't love it. Oh, I love it so much, but yeah. it's like I don't know what to do. But it's great. I think you just do what you're doing. I think I'm doing it. You just sit right. Just there acknowledge I don't know what to do, but then keep a radio doing it. Program. Yeah. Uh, R.J. Choppy, who does what we do in Dallas, he is a morning show host talking Cowboys football day in and day out on our sister station in Texas. He is joining us in a half hour at 5 o'clock. By the way, right at 5 o'clock at that time, we're going to be giving away tickets to go see the Wizards. It's our final pair of Wizards Pistons tickets, so you better be listening in 30 minutes right here on Grant and Danny if you want those. So I saw, I got to give credit where it's due. I saw our longtime buddy and radio brethren in this market, uh, Steve Zabin, tweeting about this. Zabe, who he is... I mean, he has completely moved on to Wisconsin at this point. He is like a Packers mark. Yeah, he's on to Wisconsin. I, I follow him on Twitter, and he's at Green Bay games, at Lambeau Field every weekend, wearing green and gold. I mean, he's he, in. He wees Green Bay the way I'll do, like, like we need to beat Dallas this weekend or we right, don't need right. to. He's like, what are we doing? And I'm like, who? Oh. Uh, but he's, he's on da- daily out there, obviously. Mm-hmm. So he uh, is on in that market. But longtime D.C. personality and a buddy of ours. But Zabe was tweeting the question, where does Ron Rivera's era, the four years of Rivera, rank among disaster regimes, as he called it, under Dan Snyder? So first thing you have to do is to go through the actual hires by Dan. Norv was not his. He inherited Norv. Mm-hmm. So that 99 division championship team that was 10-6 and six, won a playoff game at FedEx the only playoff win ever at FedEx Field the. in January of 2000, 24 years ago. They beat the Detroit Lions in the first round of the playoffs that set up a second-round game where they led 13 to nothing against Tampa Bay, never forget. They were up 13 to nothing on the verge of an NFC title game in 1999 season, early January of 2000. Brian Mitchell rips off a kick return at Raymond James Stadium to give him a 13-point lead over the Bucs. They end up losing the game. I think it was 14-13. to 13. It was. Sean King led Tampa Bay, scores twice. They had a bad pass interference. I think it was a bad call, but I don't know. Maybe that was because I was 10 and I was sad. But on Leamont Evans, set up the second touchdown for the Bucs. Leamont Evans wore a number. What number did he wear? Leamont Evans. He wore a football number. What number? 37. Wrong. 36? Wrong. Is it in the 30s? It is. I'm impressed myself that I even got that far. Uh, all right, uh, 38. Wrong. 34. Wrong. 35. 33. That's the one. There, nailed it. 35. I knew it. 35. Leomon Evans, pass interference, 14-13 loss, and everything's been bad since. But the next year's 2000. They fire Norb with three weeks to go. They replace him with Terry Rabinski, who Deion Sanders calls Terry Rabinski. Rabinski, even to this day, I think he does. Which is not what his name is. So that the 01 season where he hired Marty Schottenheimer was Dan's first hire. So if you're counting up all the coaching hirings, it's Marty, Steve Spurrier, Gibbs 2.0, Jim Zorn, Mike Shanahan, Jay Gruden, Ron Rivera. So seven eras, if you will, under Snyder. Where do you slot Rivera in in terms of success or however you're going to do the ranking? By the way, oh my God to that. Yeah. Ew. Are you kidding me? What are we doing? 
Holy bleep. Okay. So obviously Gibbs 2.0 is the number one. That's the only that's the only good thing. And even that was just okay relative to the expectation, but it was still just a just normal football things were happening, right? He dealt with an unbelievable tragedy. There were a couple of winning streaks, just a regular good old two winning seasons in four years. NFL football happened. Right. But that's the only time that's happened here. That is amazing to think about, though, because yeah, it was not overly impressive. His record over those four years was 30 and 34, I think. Something like that. I think he was 30 and 34. Yeah, a few games under 500. But that is the best win-loss record percentage by far of anybody under Snyder. Everyone else's win percentage, for the most part, is down around 42%. You know, right around 420 or mm-hmm. upper 30s, like around 375, a lot of guys. And he's close to 500 and twice, as you said, had winning seasons in four years. Rivera had zero in four years. So he he did it two times in three seasons where they made the playoffs in 05 and 07. Nobody else has done that. He's had more success than any coach since he was winning Super Bowls. So tip of the cap to him. As mediocre as the results look in the big picture, he did more under this Terrible situation than anybody. Yeah, those are fifteen win seasons in most organizations. Right. You know, with with the with the uh, the the dead weight. Yeah, that people have around. been joking about dog years and ten years in radio. Uh-huh. Twenty years. How about nine and ten wins in Washington? Is thirteen wins somewhere else? He did it two times in three years. So the the way I parse this up is probably maybe different in terms of way of thinking about it than maybe some other folks would. To me, when it was Dan and Vinny. And then Dan and Bruce by proxy, it was unserious. Like, when those guys were allowed to make the decisions, it was a hopeless, futile, nonsensical exercise. So the comic, the comedic, clown shoe buffoonery of the Zorn search and Zorn era, the pettiness and, and you know, vanilla ice cream on people's desk and the Steve Spurrier times and firing Schottenheimer after a year, those things are worse to me. Then having a football guy, albeit not a particularly good one, do football things. So, like, this is bad. Yeah, but it wasn't always just football. I mean, we did have a DEA raid no, under, I, under this group. Listen, I, I know what happened. I, I'll point it out every day and, until he's gone, four more quarters. But it still was a, we're going to have a football person be in charge of a lot of things. I would take that over Bruce and Vinny doing Bruce and Vinny. He helped them change the name to Commanders. Which I hate so much. I can't wait for it to change again. I'm not telling you it's good. Reflection in the window. Yeah. Saw it early. Reflection in the window. Barely know my own face. Bruce Springsteen. It's, uh, I'm not telling you it's good. Yeah. What I'm telling you is, it like it's a non-starter to have Bruce Allen or Vinny Serrato be the number one executive in the organization. I think that's me. a good way to put it, though, because hey, I've been trying to quantify how I'm going to do the ranking. Is it who would I most want to coach the team next year? You know, is it who did the best job? I think for me, when was I the most embarrassed to be a fan is probably how I'm thinking about it. That's a good way to do it, too. And I would say that in that way of looking at it, Rivera's pretty far down the list, to your point. Mm -hmm. Like, they were really, really bad at picking football players. That's their crime. There are worse crimes. Right. You know, they they were an average team by way of record when it was good and when it was bad, worse than that. But for the most part, as bad as it got was, 
They just weren't good at this. Mm-hmm. And that was not the case previously. Um, as far as the, the best coaches that came through here, obviously Gibbs, Hall of Famer, one of the greatest of all time. 2.0 Gibbs, based on the success he had, has to be number one for me. I still, I know the, the record and they lost, they went 3-13 and 13 and everyone got fired. I think that that was Shanahan kind of lighting fire to everything as he and Dan were at odds over uh, the Griffin dispute. Mm-hmm. But I think Shanahan and the proof's been in the pudding since he left here was kind of next among guys that could have figured this thing out when they had Kyle and McVay and um, LaFleur and McDaniel and Raheem Morris and Bobby Slowick and all those other guys in the building. That's a professional organization, as you've since seen. Right. So I would put him next. Then it starts to get tougher. Marty's probably after. Marty did a good job, man. Like, Marty legitimately was a 500 team, but they started really terribly. And then they turned it around with a five-game winning streak and going 8-3 and three in their last 11. Played hard. He had no business getting fired. Zero. Still, to this day, I think, was one of the biggest mistakes Dan made. And it was when we should have known Dan is not ever going to be good at this. David Tepper, early days kind of thing. That's right. He didn't throw a cup on someone. He just fired a guy that went 8-3 and three in the last 11 games in his first game is the first season as the head coach there, but had great success previously. So then you've got a tier after that where you go, okay, who's left? Jay Gruden's the best of the rest. They had the best offense. They, they had quarterbacks, you know, in Cousins' case, flirting for 5,000 yards. And back-to-back winning seasons with he and Scott McLuhan. Only time that it's happened over the last couple of decades. Yeah. And it wasn't, it was not 14 and 2 and 13 and 3. 9 and 7, 8, 7 and 1. But there were back-to-back years where they didn't have losing records. And I thought it was the closest they've been. They had a home playoff game. Uh, they, they ripped off that four-game winning streak and were up by 11 points against Green Bay in the playoffs. I told you a few weeks ago, I watched that playoff game back. That team was rolling at that point. That was a good offense. That was like a it was a real NFL quality team. Yep. Um, so I would put him next. And then you've got the Island of the Misfit Toys. You know, with Rivera and Zorn and... Spurrier. Steve Spurrier, yeah. Uh, you know... Take wherever you want. I mean, Rivera of those guys is the most professional and the, the most, quote-unquote, like, adult. But I, I don't know what the difference is necessarily. So Shanahan's staff is the best staff. We we all know that, right? I mean, the those guys have all gone on pretty much to a man to, to, to be really, really successful. Three of the four years, it was still carnival show, though, right? With the, the nab benching because of cardiovascular stuff and the weird contract extension on Monday night and it was still like this bizarre circus. Not all Mike Shannon's fault, obviously, but it was still happening. To me, the lowest I've ever felt as a fan was 2013. That that broke me as as a person that cared and loved and and supported the team and all, all I ever want to see is them win again. I like think when I was a kid. A lot of people probably feel the same way because you guys well and a lot of people in town like they put all their eggs in the yeah. Not only Shanahan can do this, but Griffin is going to save the day basket, and then it just imploded. And it wasn't just, you know, oh, the football was bad. It, the the leaks that Mike was now doing the same thing that Dan and Bruce do. You know what I mean? Like that. That I go even even a grown up who was Hall of Fame worthy when he came here. It's it's every bit as bad with him too. There's no hope. There's no point to any of it. When we look back years from now, how do you think these four years will stack up? against the other coaches and regimes that have been here under Dan Snyder's watch over 20-plus years. 800-636-1067. MGM National Harbor listener lines open. We're Grant and Danny.
Grant, Danny, this is Kevin Sheehan. Just want to congratulate you on your 10-year anniversary. Great job, guys. OM, Jesus, a decade never looks so good. Grant, Danny, you already know. Your girl, poet and savage, here to wish you a happy 10-year and so many more. Y'all know y'all the reason? On dates, I can act like I know sports and flirt. Thank you in advance. Keep it coming. For JP, Landfill, myself, and we'll include Jeff, Happy 10-year anniversary from the B. Mitch and Finley Show. Keep killing it, and we wish you many, many more. And <laughs> Jeff. Will and good Jeff. Well done, B. Mitch. That's for a lot of folks. Oh, and Savage in there, too. Savage, your guy? Yeah. You love Savage? Yeah. Thank you, Poet. That's we appreciate sweet. you. Our guy Sheehan as well. Very, very nice of them. And that you know what is great about that? All radio pros, so they, they get it. I mean, we're lucky. This is not real work. We come in here, mm-hmm. we sit, and we talk to our friend about sports. But you just kind of assume, like, by this time next year, we're not going to be able to do this anymore. <laughs> you know, that's kind of the way that this The lights just go off at 5.15. We go, okie dokie. So 10, you know, it's not like it's been hard work or we did anything good. But just the fact that we get to keep showing up Seriously. is a good sign. Well, it, it, again, it's the occasional milestone happens. And it makes you think about, A, you know, your own journey and everything else. But the junkies, man. The junkies. 27. Sprinting with rockets on towards 30 years. 30, like 10, we're like, oh my God. They're almost to 30 years? Yeah. Those guys. Unbelievable. 10 is also such a long time. Yeah. Not in terms of like comparing it to 27. It doesn't seem it's like that Because it's less than 27. But it's 37%. You know, of of like yep. it, my older brother's life. I mean, I, I'll just use my own. It's, it's we're talking about. Uh, I don't know. Little. It's a little less than a quarter of my life. Almost thirty percent of my life. Mm-hmm. Longer a, than I was in college. Longer than I was in high school to put together. Just you and me chopping it up. So, how many hours? Do that math. How many hours have we spent in a small room together? You count pre-show, oh, post-show, yeah. events. Five plus hours a day. It's a lot. It's a lot of Just me. a lot of us. <laughs> exactly. G&D with you on the fan. Uh, top of the hour, another chance to win tickets. Our last chance of the week to give you tickets to see the Wizards and the Pistons. So make sure you are listening ahead of our scout the opponent with RJ Choppy. A question for you right now on Grant and Danny. Where does Ron Rivera slot in among the other coaches under Dan Snyder who have been here? I think Gibbs 2.0. Is the the one seed? I think you also then have to say that probably Marty, just based on the eight and three finish in the last eleven, was the next most professional operation. And not coincidentally, that was earlier, not later in his time. I think the later it got in Snyder's era, the, the harder it got probably to win with him. But Gruden and Mike Shanahan in different ways with you know division championships and playoff berths. Home playoff games in 12 and in 15 had their successes. Rivera never reached that. Let's go to Kevin, who's in Arlington. What's up, Kevin? Hey, Kev. Hey, guys. Yeah, before I weigh in on that, uh, congratulations. 10 years is a real milestone. And one thing I just want to say is I think one secret to your all success is you treat callers like guests. You know, like we're the guests coming on to the show. It's you treat us so well, and it extends to Darius and Ryan as well. 
And I think it's just the kindness and the collegial way you all conduct yourselves with your audience is uh, just second to none. And that's why I love the show so much. That's kind of you, bro. Thank you. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, buddy. So my my thing with – I think one of the reasons I'm so down on Rivera and why I have Rivera so low – by the way, yes, Gibbs is totally the one seed. When you consider he had to deal with Vinny as his GM. Right. But – and really and truly. But when you take away the Vinny years and you take away the Allen years, which were Clown Show years, at least partially every time they showed up, you come to Ron Rivera, who has the chance that Marty has, which is no clown between him and the owner, and a real football guy. And all he ever did to me was make bad football decisions from picking the players to picking the brain trust surrounding him to running Kyle Smith off to picking neophyte Scott Turner to be his OC. I mean, I can go on and on and on. And so all of the bad football decisions and the fact that unlike, you know, Zorn and Spurrier, it wasn't two years, it was four years. So all the good that Ron did in beating cancer and dealing with the bad hand he was dealt with having Snyder as the owner and, and all the grace and so forth that he acted with was overshadowed in the end by his failings as a football man. I mean, don't you all feel the same way? Without a doubt. I mean, the you, you always have to separate. I always appreciate the call and the kind words too, buddy. You, you separate the two things where you go, this is a really good person. And I mean that. This is a good person. The thing I say all the time now, though, is I know a lot of good people. I know uh, my my neighbor does everything you could possibly do, volunteering for the school locally with kids and does a ton of stuff. She should not be coaching the football team. Like, there's a, this is a rare one of 32 on this planet. And just because you're a good person, you need to be treated with grace and dignity and respect like everybody else does. But And you've earned that mantle. He's a good dude. He's a good guy. Period. Full stop. Next phase. He didn't do a very good job. At any of his roles, by the way, and and that's important because his roles were significant. This is not the uh, putt protector coordinator. This is not the dude that made sure that the water was cold on the sidelines. He was in charge of all of it, and I think it's very easy to separate those things. A squeeze in Disco in Laurel on Grant and Danny. What's up, Disco? Hey, guys. Hey, First of all, congratulations, man. I love you guys. I, I listen to you every day. I don't always – I'm not always able to get through, but you guys are smart. And I love what you guys do. Bring back the Hall of Notes, what I want bit, though. <laughs> That's um, kind, buddy. Oh, Thank that's, you. It, it, that's a good yeah. deep cut there. Any, Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to say this. I'm going to give – I think – I'm going to give Jay Gruden a two seed, and here's why. Jay Gruden caught the brunt of the full Bruce Allen, Dan Snyder shenanigans. He, so, Jay Gruden went to the playoffs, had a home playoff game, was a missed field goal away from the playoffs, and was an interception away from – so he could have realistically had three straight winning seasons. So I'm going to give Jay Gruden a two-seed. But I'm going to say this about – I think people – I'm with you, Danny. I don't think we give Mike Shanahan as much scrutiny as he deserves. And I'm going to tell you why. He had full control. He had full control. And anybody that has full control like Ron, you have full control – you get most of the blame. And I know Mike Shanahan has gone on his tour after he left here. It wasn't my fault. wasn't me. It was Dan. But Mike Shanahan deserved He only had one one winning season. And the quarter, he, he sold us on John Beck. 
and the three thirteen season. I, I wanted to jump through the the phone with on you, Danny. I was like, yes, you're right. I almost quit the team in the two thousand. It broke me, dude. So my my Shanahan deserves way more scrutiny than he gets. Thanks. I Thank think you, everything he said is is mostly fair. Only part I would disagree with was when we say had full control, kinda. Not like Ron Rivera did. Full control at a time where Dan Snyder pulled a lot of the strings. Still was doing stuff, If he yeah. had full control, they wouldn't have traded up and taken Robert Griffin, as an example. I'm not saying they shouldn't have or that it was bad. I'm just saying he didn't really have full, He had full control of the things that Dan Snyder allowed him to control. But Dan Snyder would still come into his office and scream, go sign Randy Moss, you know? And then you have to have a knockdown drag out over not signing Randy Moss. Allegedly, but or to, whatever you're supposed to say. Right, uh, allegedly. Uh, but to, to Disco's point, two of those Gruden years were Scott McLuhan years, right? And that's when they had back-to-back winning years. They had three seasons where you put together the, the combined win total. It's nothing to write home about. It's not great, but it's right up there with Gibbs. Tickets to Wiz Pistons and scouting the opponent. Top of the hour next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 